Okay, give me a second to get in the zone. Auto zone? <laughs> get in the zone. Auto zone. All right, let's careful. That was too good. We're going to get copyrighted. <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning, 2M Nation. Morning. It's almost morning. It's like 30 oh, minutes. You're right. In 30 minutes, it'll be tomorrow morning. That's right, Matt. It's another, another late night recording session here at the virtual 2M Studios. You know, if it wasn't uh, for the fact of what we talk about, we could like pre-record a bunch of these episodes, but it's like we have to do it the day before. Well, we could pre-record it just based on our predictions, but given how poorly those are going, uh, that would not be the best idea, I think. That would be ill-advised. But um, anyway, whatever time it is when you're out there listening to this, welcome to the show. It's another episode of 2M Football. Um, here with you, as always, is Mike. I'm back. What's your name again? I uh, I forget. What, Mike, Mike. What's my name? I think it starts with M. Hmm, but, that would make that's, sense. That's all I have. Michelob. Did you say Michel? Oh, okay, Michelob. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Mike and Michelob here with you. Just it's like every week. I feel like that would be a much cooler show tandem, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. If anyone out there listening has that name, reach out, uh, DM us, and we can replace Matt in a matter of minutes <laughs> oh it would not take long at all uh but anyway yeah here we sit late tuesday night into wednesday morning uh week 14 is now in the books uh which is crazy to think there's only three weeks left of regular season action does that mean we get a vacation then uh, a little bit longer our, our fantasy teams are all officially on vacation so hey that's oh, partially god <laughs> So besides watching your agonizing playoff defeat uh, play out in real time over the weekend, what do you think about Week 14 slate of games? Um, good games, good games. Yeah, um, I think it really set the stage for the postseason push for those who are going to make it, and it was the slate of all the teams who will not be going and had their playoff dash hopes dashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that a certain division has gotten a lot more interesting rather quickly. <laughs> yeah, it sure has. I assume you're referring to the NFC East. I am. Uh, with both a Eagles upset and a Washington victory. Yeah. Oh, man, that Eagles game. Uh, I've, I've got some notes on it. Uh, but that was a really exciting one. Jalen Hurts' first career start of course for philadelphia and i know this isn't breaking news but when we get to there i will mention a couple of times that Hearns has been confirmed the week 15 starter so uh-huh yeah it's it's his looks like for the rest of the season it's going to be his show but uh so that was one of several upsets this weekend as as always you always have some uh another one was by your broncos went into carolina panthers were three and a half point favorites uh, but the Broncos pulled out the win there, thirty-two twenty-seven, and, and hung looked on. Good doing it, yeah, they did. Drew Locke had probably his best game as a pro. Uh, I think he threw four touchdowns in that game. But I, I won't seal too much of your thunder for your uh, sleeper recap. The Bears dominated the Texans thirty-six to seven in a game where I think you picked the Bears. I picked Houston, and Houston was favored by a point and a half. But, uh, yeah, probably could, should have seen this one coming, given the Texans were without their top four offensive weapons in uh, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, and David Johnson. And I'll they were. Flat out, I'll flat out say it. I think that offense looks way different under Mitch, and he looked a lot more in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky had an awesome game. He looked really good. And then, yeah, Eagles beat the Saints 24 to 21 in the biggest upset of the week by the, by the numbers, the saints were eight point favorites on the road there in that game and Washington. They won again. I think they won four in a row now and they beat the 49ers also on the road, 23 to 15. Um, but we may be in for some bad news as our star player on that team. Alex Smith had a 
what seemed to be a hamstring injury. So we'll have to see if he's back to play. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I think they're optimistic. So I'll, I'll be optimistic too. Through, you got to be optimistic about anything. Um, yeah. Let's uh, try to be time conscious here. So let's jump into our sleepers, our playoff sleeper picks. I switched, I swapped the order for this week since you were complaining about it last week. Oh, because of <laughs> so, course, right now you got to be first. It's fine. <laughs> There's no satisfying this guy. <laughs> nope. You knew that when we signed this agreement. I did. Um, so I'll just get mine out of the way first. The Chargers won a game. Stop the presses. And it was a close game, too. <laughs> <laughs> they beat the uh, Arizona or Arizona. Arizona Falcons. <laughs> hey, I got the first letter right. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> 20, uh, 20 to 17. You know what? I will give you a few credits here. They both start with an A. They're both birds and they're both red. Republic credits? Because you know those are no good out here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the Falcons in this game were without uh, probably their best offensive playmaker. Julio Jones didn't play this game, so that certainly helped. Um, On the Chargers side, this was Austin Eckler's third game back from that hamstring injury. And that was just the first thing I noticed was this offense looks so different with him there. And, you know, this Falcons defense is not impressive, but still, Austin Eckler averaged over five yards per carry in this game. He had almost 150 total yards from scrimmage, and he was the team's leading receiver as well, so heavily utilized here. Um, another focal point for the Chargers was was special teams in this game after they've been so bad the I whole think season. They, I think they heard you. I think they did, and I think I heard something about Anthony Lynn was taking over some portion of the responsibility for special teams. So that was something I was keeping an eye on in this game. And, uh, you know, no, no huge plays, no scoring plays on special teams, but they did get a couple nice kick returns. One that was very long that set the offense up already in field goal range. So and that was good to see. They didn't get anything blocked. Right. No major screw ups, which I think was the main thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time here because they're not a postseason contender at this point, but, Let's just say it was nice to see them get a win in a close game. And they almost blew it, too, because it was, it was 17 to 17, uh, fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. Chargers were driving. And uh, Justin Herbert, who's been so good this season, threw an interception. He pulled a ring. Un- <laughs> right. That, that was my first thought. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Who is that out there? <laughs> So yeah, he threw an interception right around midfield with less than a minute to play, and and yeah, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. This is how they this is how they do it this week. But they returned the favor immediately when Michael Davis intercepted Matt Ryan on a out route where he just threw it way behind his intended receiver. One of three interceptions of Matt Ryan in this game, by the way. So the defense came, uh, the defense came to play here, and then. Given a second chance, Herbert did drive him down the field to get into range, and uh, Michael Badgley nailed the 43-yarder to win the game. So it's just nice to get a win here. Chargers improved to four and nine. Like I said, playoffs are out of reach, but most importantly, they remain just one game behind your Broncos in the most important race in the AFC West. Um, but what should be more concerning is the fact that while, as we said, both of our teams won, I, my Broncos won against well, arguably a tougher opponent. I'll give you that. <laughs> versus a porous secondary. I felt like that's a game that uh, they should have had in the bag there, buddy. They did. <laughs> they won. Yeah, barely. I know. I know. Anyway, the other, uh, and yeah, the other team that is, uh, that I'd chosen as a playoff sleeper this preseason that still does have a chance is the Cardinals. And they had a, a tricky-looking game against the New York Giants, who had won four in a row coming into this game. What are you laughing at over there? Me? I didn't I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Yeah. And the, the, the Cardinals got a win, too, actually. Quick preview. Our, our sleepers went 4-0 and this week after, I think, a couple 0-4 across the board. Yeah, we, we all have, uh, shoddy weeks there. But the Cardinals end a three-game losing streak of their own uh, with a win over these red-hot Giants. Chili peppers? <laughs> yes. Uh, the, and it was largely on the defensive side as well. On the first drive, uh, Marcus Golden 
strip sack Daniel Jones, which has been a recurring theme of his young career. And this was actually Jones' first game back from a hamstring injury. Uh, by the end of it, because he, he took eight sacks in this game, he was hobbling around by the end and actually benched, uh, whether for performance or injury, his performance was poor enough to warrant it too. But I think I think he is coming back to start next week. But, uh, but anyway, later in the half, the Cardinals recovered another fumble on a kickoff return. This was just kind of a funny play. as The Cardinals guy was getting blocked and falling to the ground, but his leg kind of kicked out to the side and, and his knee knocked the ball out of uh, the Giants' return man, Deion Lewis's hands. Oops. Anyway, the Cardinals had really good field position all day from a, a mixture of these, these turnovers they got and a couple of long punt returns too. And, uh, and yeah, they got an easy win here, 26-7 ultimately. But the biggest storyline or the craziest thing was um, defensive end or maybe linebacker Hassan Reddick setting a new franchise record for the Cardinals with five sacks in the game and three forced fumbles on his own. That's insane. It came close to uh, some NFL records. I think the NFL record for sacks in a game is seven, which is unbelievable. And for forced fumbles, it's either four or five. So he was close. It was a crazy game for him. He only had three sacks or sorry, he had five and a half sacks for his whole three-year career coming into this one. So he almost doubled his output. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, unbelievable game for him. The whole defense was great. Held the Giants under 200 yards of total offense and just the one touchdown, and they recovered three fumbles. Uh, so the Cardinals improved to 7-6, and six, and they are back in the playoff hunt. And against a really tough division going on there with, uh, at least with the Rams still in there, I don't know about Seattle and San Francisco, but... Uh... Rams are going to be their biggest uh, headache. And they do have one more game against them, so that's going to be very important. I think it's week 17, too, so their playoff hopes will probably all come down to that game. But good week for uh, for my sleepers, and the Cardinals still have a chance. Well, my teams no longer have chances, but they, they, they didn't go down without a fight. At least one of them didn't. Um, Cowboys 30, Bengals 7, Dalton's first game, uh, revenge game against the Cincinnati Bengals that drafted him in 2011. But I think what's more mind-boggling is I'm just going to read you some stats. I'm going to say the, the, the higher of the two numbers, and you tell me which team you think had it. A little bit of a game. Fun. Total yards of offense, 309. Cowboys. Bengals. Huh. Passing yards, 208. Cowboys. Bengals. <laughs> 18 first downs. Bengals. Yep. Total play. I'm, I'm, I'm catching on here. <laughs> um, time of possession. Uh, did the Bengals win that? Yep. Weird. Total plays. I'll go Bengals again. Every one of these categories, the Bengals led in, yet they still managed only seven points on the board. <laughs> Um, that's that's good stuff. How did uh, that happen? They lost three fumbles, which definitely doesn't help. Uh, the no. offensive line is ranked 32nd in the league. How many teams are in the league? Uh, it comes as a shocker, only 32. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty bad, you're saying? A little bit. <laughs> um, so losing three fumbles, they only allowed two sacks, but those fumbles definitely didn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were terrible, only nine for 16 on third downs. Um. And only 4.4 yards per play. So the the Dallas defense actually came up big in this one, um, which I think was the big momentum change. And then everybody was firing on all cylinders. Good special teams, good field position. Tony Pollard has been so underrated being behind Ezekiel Elliott. And yet, I say it again, week in and week out, he looks so much better behind this Dallas team with the current situation. Yeah, he had a touchdown catch in this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's just hilarious to think that you know the Dallas defense that we trash so much actually uh actually uh showed up. To be fair, it was Brandon Allen quarterbacking the Bengals, right? Yeah, I'll tell you that Brandon Allen put me almost as many points as Tom Brady and that. <laughs> 
But no, Dalton looked clean, 16 of 23 yeah. for 185 and two TDs. Um, Cooper led the team in targets with a touchdown pass. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Pollard had one as well, as you pointed out. And then the, the uh, defense, I mean, Leighton Vanderesh had a big game, caught it, caused some some mayhem at the line. Um, Tony Pollard on a kick return, so special teams, again, great field position, averaging return at 38.5. So it was a team that wasn't going to give up despite the fact that things are out of reach. And just I think they're doing it at this point just to screw up the division by winning these right. games. <laughs> but it's it's a positive thing that this team needs. And I do know that Jerry Jones had come on and said that Mike McCarthy is being retained as the Dallas head coach. But defensive coordinator Mike Nolan may be a different story. Um, but as Green Bay fans, we also know that McCarthy has always had great offensive success while defense has been subpar. <laughs> That's um, a nice way to put it. Usually overshadowed by good offense, which is why certain defensive coordinators kept their jobs as long as they did. <laughs> I won't any name any Dom Capers names. Oops. Oops. Yeah, oops. Uh, but, yeah, so good good uh, moral victory, if anything, for the Cowboys. Um, had Joe Burrow been in this game and that offensive line not be ranked 32nd, I think the Bengals could have really given Dallas a run for its money, but neither here nor there. More exciting and more intriguing are the Broncos' victory over the Panthers. These two teams were almost neck and neck in all stats. Five yards of to- five yards separated total yards with Broncos at 365 and the Panthers at 370. Mm-hmm. Passing yards 269 to 245. Um, yards per play 6.3 to 5.7. Like you don't get much more even keeled than that. Um, 23 first downs to 22 first downs. So Denver, from a stat standpoint, went toe to toe with Carolina. The two biggest things they allowed only one sack and one forced fumble, and no interceptions on Drew Locke's part uh, versus their defense forced four sacks. Um, But the bigger issue for Carolina, and I think obviously this helps any team, was Carolina did commit seven penalties, which gave the Denver an additional 48 yards of offense. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but we all know all it takes is one pass interference call, one defensive holding to refresh a set of downs and the team mm-hmm. keeps going. Um, but all around, Locke looked, Locke looked good. 21 for 27 for 280 and four touchdowns. You don't get a much cleaner throwing lane than that. Yeah. Um, Tim Patrick, again, had a great game. Uh, Nick Vanette, the old Pittsburgh tight end. Oh, yeah. Uh, came back with a score. And K.J. Hamler, a young rookie, again. Uh, Jerry Judy not involved as much, but I mean, what what can't really argue with what this this team is putting out at the end here. Um, granted, you can argue it's garbage time, and there's no need for that because all they're doing is affecting their draft position. But Drew Locke's playing for a starting position essentially because there's still no commitment to him as the starter for the 2021 season. Right. Yeah. Totally. But uh, again, this is important because it's keeps me one game ahead of you i know um, <laughs> i know i was hoping i was watching this game because it was very close I mean, the score reflects how close the stats were too uh i don't know if you said the final yet but broncos won 32 27 and the panthers actually had a, a shot at the end but the denver defense held and didn't, didn't allow them to score um but but yeah i was i was hoping this might be the week where the where the we evened out but wasn't meant to be Great win for the Broncos, though, and 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 Locke personally, like you said, that I think the biggest thing is the no interceptions because that's been a sort of a recurring theme in his games where he struggled. Is he he's had a uh, tendency to turn the ball over, but uh, yeah, nice clean game from him this week. What's next? Uh, yeah, just a couple other games to highlight from the week. Uh, the Vikings played the Buccaneers in a game that. Uh, seemed like it might have been interesting, and it was sort of close. The Bucks won 26-14, but it should have been a lot closer than that, given that the Vikings kicker, uh, Dan Bailey, missed three field goals and an extra point in this game. 
former cowboy, by the way. Right. And he was great with that. It's interesting. There's been a few kickers, notable kickers that changed locations this off season. Greg the seems- Greg Leg, he's missed some kicks. Um, Steven Guskowski has been up and down after being, you know, a stud in New England. And then, yeah, Dan Bailey's another one. He missed 10 points worth of kicks that would have made this game a lot more interesting if he had made them. So give the Vikings, I give the Vikings the rest of their team credit for hanging in there with uh, Tampa Bay. But this was a game that they probably needed to win to keep their playoff hopes alive as they fall to six and seven. Now the Vikings do. The Chiefs and Dolphins played uh, one of the most entertaining games of the afternoon. Chiefs ended up winning 33 to 27, but the Dolphins kept it very interesting, uh, largely on defense where they forced, I think, five turnovers. They picked off Mahomes three times, which doubled his season total. He only had three picks coming into this game uh, and also recovered a couple fumbles too. But along with that, <laughs> they they still, um, you know, you can slow Mahomes down, but you can't stop him. He finished the game with almost 400 passing yards and another monster game for their tight end, Travis Kelsey. So you would and, argue that um, despite he threw three picks, it, uh, he, he, he made up for it. I'd say so. <laughs> Maybe different story if they ended up losing the game, but they did not. Good effort for the Dolphins, though. It's, I mean, it's goes to show that they're for real. They were within a score of, of taking down Kansas City. I know when when you laughed at my pick to pick the Dolphins over the Chiefs, it got to a point where it was like, you know what, this may not have been as far fetched as we thought. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Mahomes do Mahomes and I was like, nope, <laughs> no, I made I made grave miscalculations. I give you uh, uh, kudos for making the pick, though. <laughs> it was bold, but it wasn't uh, unreasonable. Win trophies, Michael. Kudos watches my playoff vap, my week one <laughs> playoff evaporate before my eyes. <laughs> uh, one of the other most intriguing games of the afternoon was uh, Saints playing the Eagles in Jalen Hurts' first start, as we already mentioned, and Taysom Hill's fourth start as Drew Brees uh, was eligible to come back, but he remained sidelined with that rib injury he's been dealing with. Do we ever get a final count of how many ribs it was? 11, unless they kept going. I'm not okay. sure if they kept counting or not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as much crap as I like to give Taysom Hill for fun, you know, <laughs> somewhat for fun, somewhat legit. But both teams look good on offense. They both moved the ball early. Uh, the difference maker early in this game was that Will Lutz missed two field goals in this game too, which I, I don't know if it was just – actually had more time to watch a couple more games than I usually do, but no, it seemed like there were a ton like, of missed kicks, right? This week was the week of missed kicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it, but the Eagles actually went out to a 17 to nothing lead in this game after uh, Hertz threw a, a nice back shoulder touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey, who was pretty much the first time his name has been mentioned this season. And uh, they, they got another score after Taysom Hill got picked off uh, from a, a tip pass at the line of scrimmage. Or, oh, no, I went off Kamara's hands. That's yeah, right. Bounced off Kamara's hands because he forgot how to close them. <laughs> and I think that's something you and I have talked about several times, how so many of these interceptions are like receiver issues. Mm-hmm. But, and of course, it, they still get credited to the quarterback. It's never fair for the quarterback. Like, <laughs> why receiver can't catch? Like, look at Chicago. If a wide receiver can't catch, that's mm-hmm. not on the quarterback's fault. Sometimes. And then, yeah, well, yeah, in this particular case, it seemed like Hill might have thrown it too hard. Kamara wasn't ready. <laughs> but again, if it's on your hands, if it's on both of your hands, you should catch it. But then uh, Miles Sanders, Eagles running back, also ripped off an 82-yard touchdown run. That was what put it up to 17 uh, to nothing. And it could have been more, but Jake Elliott missed a field goal too, a 22-yard field goal. I think that's literally the closest you can be, <laughs> unless you're in the end zone. And, and yeah, he shanked it. I think it was off the upright. Uh, it was an impressive performance for the Eagles defense in the first half. They, they held New Orleans under 100 yards of offense. Uh, however, of course, it wasn't going to be a blowout. The Saints came back in the third quarter, a couple nice touchdown drives, along with defensive stops to get within three points, uh, 17 to 14. The one thing I'll say about 
or one of the things I'll say about Hill is that he's, he fumbles a lot. Sometimes it's on runs because uh, he, you know, he's, he is an effective runner, but in this case, he was sacked from behind and fumbled, which swung the momentum back the other way. Eagles capitalized with a touchdown drive to go up by 10. And the, the Saints really should have been able to tie this game, but uh, Will Lutz missed his second field goal of the game that would have brought them within seven. And then Taysom Hill was able to throw another touchdown pass that brought them within three points. So they would have tied the game on that touchdown if he had made either of his field goal attempts, <laughs> but he didn't. So they were still down three and the Eagles were able to close it out on offense. And my biggest takeaway uh, from Jalen Hurts' performance, he, it wasn't a monster Dan through the air. I think only about 160 passing yards. He added 100 rushing yards, which is obviously something that's not in Carson Wentz's skill set. But the thing that I think impressed me most about Hertz was that he knew when to give up on a play. His decision you know? making was much more, much cleaner. Yeah, cleaner. Yeah, it's a perfect way to put it because I, uh, I don't think he turned the ball over. He definitely didn't throw a pick, and that was the biggest thing that we've seen with Wentz this year, is that he would. He didn't know when to when to bail on a play and just throw it away. You know, no, he would would hold and hold and hold and hold and wait and wait and wait, and that's when you get yourself into trouble. Right, either by taking the sack if you wait too long, and then you know there's a good chance you'll fumble if you get hit unexpectedly, or he would try to force a ball that wasn't there and get picked off. And Hertz did a great job. There were at least five different times when he he just threw the ball away and didn't try to force it, and that uh, made a huge difference in this game. And that's exactly why, as we stated earlier, that uh, Hertz is getting the uh, the go ahead to uh, start again in Week 15. It's exciting. I got to tell you, I haven't been excited about watching this Eagles team, but but now I am. <laughs> the question, though, really becomes: is what does this mean for the Eagles? We talked about it last week a little bit about the Carson contract. Like they're kind of stuck with him, but. I mean, is it a combination of Peterson trying to save his job because he's potentially on the hot seat? Or is this like, are you going to pay Carson Wentz his money as a backup? Unless unless somebody's willing to pick up that contract, um, Indy would be a good choice, but we'll get more into that in the postseason because it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Especially if Hurts wins any of the remaining games after this. Like if he goes two and two as a starter, but he beats the Saints and another team, uh -huh. it's easy to make that case. Cool. A uh, couple more games here. The Steelers and Bills played on Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Steelers had a seven nothing lead, I think, at this point. I didn't. I don't have as many notes here as I should have, but I, I was watching most of this game, <laughs> and and they were trying to go for one more drive before halftime when. Uh, Roethlisberger threw a pick six or no, that gave the bills the lead. So they must've, they didn't have zero, but uh, after that point, the Steelers just completely lost their handle on this game. The defense couldn't contain Stefan Diggs, uh, despite the fact that John Brown didn't play this game. So it was basically just Diggs and Cole Beasley. Uh, they still couldn't stop it. I think Diggs had something like 10 catches uh, and a touchdown. And the Steelers just could not move the ball. Once again, they had zero running game, even though James Conner was back. And this Bills defense is good, but I don't think they're I don't think they're that good to the point where they shouldn't have been able to run the ball at least a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what happened. The Steelers just abandoned the run game. Yeah, and that's been a kind of a theme this season that they've tried it early and if it hasn't worked. Uh, they've, they've given up. I think Big Ben's been throwing like 40 pass attempts per game or something crazy like that. Like the numbers I saw were insane. Yeah, he had 37 attempts in this game. He had another interception late. Uh, but yeah, James Conner, 10 rushes for 18 yards. Not great there. No. And it was all just short passes. Whenever Roethlisberger tries to go deep, it has been working out. And meanwhile, the Bills look look awesome. Uh, Josh Allen looked really good in this game. And, uh, yeah, Steelers have lost two in a row now and suddenly looking kind of vulnerable there. Lucky for them, uh, Cleveland lost. So there's still two games ahead in the division. Yeah, I know oh. the Ravens finally got a uh, a victory that uh, 
I didn't didn't have them picked for this one, given the way they've played and uh, the way the Browns have played. Right, like just not judging by these teams and who they are, but what they've shown on the field. And this uh, was probably the game of the week, maybe the game of the season so far. This was such a crazy game this on Monday was, night. Like from a point perspective, from everything, like this game was insane. The drama. <laughs> um, it was awesome. The, the first oh, helmets got ripped off. So what? So yeah, but no helmets got ripped off. That's right. Not just the the right kind of drama this time. So I was I was keeping track because it was crazy. The first. So it was a very high-scoring game, back and forth the whole time. The Ravens won 45-42. The first eight touchdowns that were scored in this game were... 42. What? 47-42. Oh, wow. What happened? <laughs> I shut it off. thought I it was forgot. over. He forgot how to count. 47-42. Okay. Um, but the first eight touchdowns that were scored in this game were all rushing touchdowns, which I thought was just hilarious. Well, these were the top two rush teams in the league. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, between Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Lamar Jackson, those are three of the leaders probably. But yeah, what other game have, has, has that happened? I, I've never seen this many rushing touchdowns. <laughs> but yeah, it was back and forth all night. Neither defense could do much. Where the intrigue really came in was when uh, Lamar Jackson with cramps, supposedly, left the field in the fourth quarter. Oh, my God, f***ing Superman. <laughs> oh, great. Now I'm going to have to edit this and find that. The, the, the funny part was that people, oh, there was so much speculation that he really had to take a poop, and then he like ran. Uh, <laughs> footage of him running to the locker room. And, uh, because, okay, so supposedly he was hurt. Trace McSorley came in the game, and uh, the Browns had taken a lead at this point. They were up. By one point, 35-34 with six minutes left. After Baker Mayfield even got a rushing touchdown here. <laughs> right. Anyway, Trace McSorley came in. He got hurt. It was a fourth and five play with the, just about two minutes left. Okay, we did it a little bit better. Not only, and this happens, by the way, this next part, people, for those who didn't watch this game, shame on you. The next line Mike's about to read happened five seconds after McSorley came off the field. Yeah, so Lamar Jackson comes back for that fourth and five play, and he throws a 44-yard bomb to Marquise Hollywood Brown <laughs> to take the lead with less than two minutes. Uh, they went for two, got it with a seven with a run by J.K. Dobbins. What are the odds of that? Let's just pause there for a second. Mm-hmm. What are the odds you're gone most of the fourth quarter with potentially cramps, <laughs> and just as your backup quarterback gets hurt? You come out and just throw a bomb. Yeah, it was amazing. On, on fourth down, two minutes left in the game. Absolute crunch time. <laughs> it was amazing. Baffling. But, you know, plenty of time on the clock still. The Browns offense had been marching up and down the field all day. And they did it again so fast, actually. that So they scored a touchdown to tie it in less than a minute. And you text me going... That's not a smart move. No, I'm like, that was too long. They, they, were, that was, they left too much time on the clock <laughs> because they did. They scored so fast. There was still a minute and four seconds left on the clock after the Browns scored the game-tying touchdown. And you knew what was going to happen next. <laughs> the Ravens had also been moving the ball easily the whole game. Uh, and they did it again. Lamar Jackson, a uh, couple, he came back again. And he found Mark Andrews over the middle for a few way too easy completions, I thought. Way too easy is an understatement. Yeah, he was in the middle of the field. He's wide give, open. And... You don't give a top five tight end a 15-yard cushion. Mm-hmm. Because they had timeouts, too. They could stop the clock. They didn't have to throw to the sidelines or anything. I just, I don't know. <laughs> it was bad. And they easily, well, I guess it wasn't super. It ended up being a 55-yard field goal attempt. It's easy for Justin Tucker. Right, yeah. One kicker who did come through in the clutch this week was Justin Tucker. Can you imagine if Tucker had missed that? Like that oh, I was I was so excited for that game to maybe go to overtime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, incredible game. Uh, awesome to see Lamar, have, uh, Lamar Jackson have this kind of performance and, uh, tough luck for the, for the Browns. This would have been a huge win for them too. Now there's only, they're only one game ahead of the Ravens now in the division. So one of these teams and potentially only one is going to make the playoffs uh, behind Pittsburgh. Depends this on was super fun. Keeps playing to be. I, it's. I mean, it's actually it's not impossible that they both leapfrog Pittsburgh, but <laughs> let's we'll get to uh, we'll get to the Steelers in a bit. So wow, that was Week 14. A couple of amazing finishes. Uh, really fun games all around. But if we're being honest, it couldn't have ended on a better note with that game. That was perfect. <laughs> and oh, and I texted you this earlier in the day too. It's like everything fantasy football related at least for us had been wrapped up in our matchups so this was just just pure football just watch and enjoy <laughs> i know i cannot wait for sunday hey speaking of sunday yeah well not just sunday saturday too and thursday oh my gosh it's like every day of the week this week is football <laughs> well <laughs> all right i'll give it to you thanks week 15 preview starting on thursday night with the Chargers, oh, now four and nine. Yeah, I know. Taking on the Raiders. Did you just drop another F bomb? No. Come on, man. No. <laughs> Taking on the seven and six Raiders. Uh, Raiders just got blown out by the Colts and fired their defensive coordinator afterwards. And uh, they won't have Henry Ruggs for this game. He's on the COVID reserve list. Chargers are on a one game win streak. <laughs> Does that count? So, so proud of that. And I'm picking them here. Raiders are in shambles. I I, I can't. I can't do it. I, can't <laughs> I, know, do I don't it. I don't blame you. I shouldn't do it. Um I have to go with the Raiders on this. Um the Chargers one win over a porous Atlanta defense is not enough to cement that they are capable of they've won one close game out of what, nine, ten? <laughs> yeah. I don't like those odds. But the Raiders are a pretty porous defense themselves. And uh I don't know. I'm excited. I think Justin Herbert against the poorest defense. He almost (laughs) lost the game. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't blame you for picking the Raiders at all. I'm I'm blinded by the hope from winning. You're right. As you said, just one game, (laughs) but whatever, doing it, taking the chargers. And then we've got two games on Saturday this week, which is really exciting. Uh, The first one, even, even more so exciting because it's the bills at Broncos, Matt's Broncos. My Broncos. Tough, tough spot for them. But it is uh it is a home game for the five and eight Broncos. Bills are ten and three coming in. I'm taking the Bills. I just crossed off my initial pick. Oh boy. I'm gonna go Denver. Nice. Um with no hope however the bills have while their record shows one thing they've been hot but then when they cool off they cool off hard um some tough losses coming against teams um and denver i think is just out to prove something um and like one of the one of the key talking points we always mention about teams that aren't in a position to win anything have nothing to lose um and can be the most dangerous team so the Bills have an opportunity to come in and trash the Broncos with the right attitude. But if they come in thinking this is uh, walking out of here 11 and 3, you know, sometimes those come in, they bite you, bite you back. Sure. Especially um, coming off this big emotional win over Pittsburgh. Maybe so, they have a bit of a slump. I'm, I'm not buying it, though. I'm not picking the Broncos with confidence, but I got to stay loyal. <laughs> Same boat uh, with LA. Um, I think we both can agree on the next game, though. Yeah, so the Panthers are taking on the Packers in the other Saturday game. Uh, Last week, the Packers clinched the NFC North title, and uh, they're currently the number one seed, actually. Since the Saints lost, they're both 10-3. and Packers beat them head-to-head earlier in the season, so uh, Packers are right now in the number one spot. (laughs) And uh, Which is especially important, given there's only one team getting a first-round bye this year in each conference. So, uh, but yeah, taking the Packers here. You got it. Sunday, early slate of games. We've got the five and eight 49ers taking on your four and nine Cowboys. Oh, well, and, I, yeah. Well, I, I'm 
I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm going. I was trying to figure out an argument if you were going to take the 49ers, but yes, I have Dallas as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel good about San Francisco. They just lost uh, Debo Samuel, I think, for the rest of the season. So that's another offensive playmaker gone. Uh, maybe the Cowboys' defense gets a little little swagger and momentum going. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it. So taking Dallas. Next up, this is going to be a very interesting game. The Seahawks, 9-4, and four, taking on the 6-7 and seven Washington football team. I think four weeks ago, this would have been a slam dunk, but the teams have kind of gone in opposite directions since then. Assuming, of course, like you mentioned earlier, Alex Smith is able to play this game. I think it all hinges on that. I don't know. Otherwise, this, I really feel hmm. like this is a this is a time that the Washington defense could really take advantage of this shoddy Seattle offensive line. Um, yeah, the Seahawks offense has uh, not been up to par the last few weeks. It's like done what's needed to do to win, which you argue is the key to winning games. You know, the offense doesn't have to be stellar; it just has to give be out there enough to put points on the board and give the defense a rest. But but. But they this look significantly Washington worse than is, earlier in the season. Yeah. This Washington defense is hungry, and Chase Young is a freaking monster. <laughs> if anyone has the speed to, to deal with Russell Wilson and his, his abilities, it's a guy like Chase Young. Rookie defensive of the year. Yeah, that's pretty much in the bag at this point. Great pick. <laughs> OSU represent. I'm still taking the Seahawks but I really don't feel good about it. I have Washington. Yeah, I like it. You might be right. Maybe. I'm not that, I'm not that brave, though. Bears at Vikings up next, both teams 6-7. and seven. Question is, am I just brave or am I just stupid? Well, <laughs> both? Yes. Maybe both? <laughs> A little bit of both. I'll take that. Bears, Bears and Vikings are both 6-7. and seven. I don't think they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs but they're you know they're right there <laughs> um bears got their first win since well they got their first win in, in almost two months last week over houston their first win dot 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 <laughs> in what seems like two years uh, uh this is another game that i i don't feel confident picking you go first i'm taking chicago Darn, I'm taking the Vikings. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know why, but I'm going to make Chicago my eliminator pick. <laughs> Bears don't screw me on this. Oh, gosh. That's the best way to preface any uh, prediction. I don't know why, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's... I feel like the Bears defense is going to make a bounce back from this last game. The offense looks like it's in a much better position as long as Trubisky continues to make smart decisions. Mm-hmm. The Vikings defense is younger, and I really feel like the last time these teams played, the Bears defense really did a good job handling Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that. If If the defense can keep to that same level, and now with Mitch over Foles under center – I feel like they have a shot. Well, also, we- David David Montgomery, finally, they really got him going last week against Houston. His first carry of the game was an 80-yard touchdown run. So, I, And the Vikings' defense has not been impressive. So I, I, think, I think at this point, both Mitch is vying for a solid backup position for another team. I don't think he'll be with Chicago. And Nagy's trying to prove he's still going to be around as a head coach. Yes, they got a lot to play for, you're saying. I do. All right. We'll see. I'm taking the Vikings, I guess. But you almost convinced me. Next up is a game that is usually usually a lopsided prediction going the other way. Uh, but not this year. It's the Patriots at the Dolphins. Patriots come in at 6-7 and seven after getting just destroyed by the Rams last Thursday night. And uh, the Dolphins, as we mentioned, are coming off that close loss to the Chiefs. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins. It's Miami all the way. This New England team isn't going anywhere. Their offense is literally going nowhere. <laughs> Jared Stidham? Maybe. He's come in. I think he's played in each of their last couple games. One, Why not? Two weeks ago against LA because they were up by 
45 last week because they were down by like 25 at the end of the game. Um, I don't think Newton's going to be in New England. No, I mean, it was a one-year deal with a lot of, um, you know, super cheap contract just with a lot of incentives built in. I'm sure he's not hitting any of those numbers. <laughs> given that he only is twice I mean, They didn't give him a lot to work with, but still. That is true. You can't put it all on him. But, uh, yeah, this team is in a tough spot right now. To probably argue it would make sense to start Stidham the rest of the year just to get, get him some playing experience because that was the plan. We all in. thought he was going to be the next quarterback, and then they right. did the the one year contract. I think if they lose against Miami, that officially puts him out of playoff contention. Mm-hmm. That that should be the case. Yeah, I really feel like they signed Newton and came into this year with thinking like maybe we have one more year in our window, and I think that by this point we've realized that the window is closed. And there's, there's, they're not going to the playoffs. Newton doesn't necessarily look like he still has it. And uh, yeah, this team's about to go rebuild. I think. Uh, next up, the Jaguars, one and twelve, lost twelve in a row. Will be taking on these Ravens. Just had that awesome win on Monday Night Football, and Gardner Minshew is going to be back. So good luck. You got the Ravens defense. Although, I mean, the Ravens defense, we just gave up 42 points, but still. Uh, taking the I Ravens. Argue, I would argue I'm taking Baker over Gardner, though, given the year. Yes. Agreed. Uh, I'm taking the Ravens in their my eliminator pick. Feel a little better about that than the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Baltimore as well. I think the uh, – I don't want to say that they're tanking, but I think the Jags know that they're done this year. Um but this is, a, again, Minshew just showing whether or not he's going to be the starter for this team next year. And they're healthy on offense. He's got DJ Chark back. LaVisca Chanel has been playing pretty well. And uh, James Robinson has really emerged at running back. So it's a, the, the time is now to try to make one more statement now that he's got the chance. Uh, next up, Bucks at Falcons. I don't know, no analysis here. I'm taking the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. Same thing, next game, Lions at Titans. Uh, Lions might not even have Stafford for this game. He left with a rib injury at the end of last week's uh, contest, and they're, I think they're doubtful on him being ready. It's a good thing my fantasy Which, season's over. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that sucks for me in the one league. I am still alive in the playoffs. Stafford is one of my quarterbacks, so sucks for me. Good. good. <laughs> if I can't be happy, you can't be happy. Taking the Titans. They're going to be happy. Uh, next up, Texans at Colts. Taking the Colts. Indianapolis. I mean, if the Bears can beat the Texans. <laughs> yeah, right. Sunday afternoon, uh, just a couple of games, but, well, two of them are intriguing. The Eagles take on the Cardinals. Eagles improved to 4-8-1 and one with that surprising win over the Saints. Cardinals are 7-6. and six. I'm looking forward to this one. Taking the Cardinals, but I do think it's going to be close. Uh, I don't like this pick. I don't like this game. The Cardinals' defense is not as good as the Saints' defense. No. And uh, they gave up, you know, 24 to these Eagles. Miles Sanders looks like he's back into form. Are you sitting here trying to, like, convince me of one way or the other? I'm just telling you why I think it's going to be close. Eagles defense played really well against the Saints I think too. We have, I think the hardest, the reason this is so hard is because the Eagles have this new variable at quarterback. Right. Uh, kind of an unknown quantity at this point still. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Philly. This has been like the it. year. Of, this has been the year of rookies. Yeah. Um, it has. And I think if the, if, if Jalen Hearns can score a win over Arizona, it would be foolish to revert back next year to Carson Wentz as the starter in Philadelphia. Hmm. Granted, I'm not in the front office and I'm not paying him out of my paycheck, but you know, yeah, just yeah, to do it but... in front of his computer analyzing stats. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to take Philly. Cool. Jets at Rams. Jets are three games away from a winless season. They got Rams right here. Rams look awesome. <laughs> Rams all the way. If the Jets beat the Rams, that would be hilarious. 
would be hilarious. It's also not happening. No, Rams all the way. <laughs> uh, next game, this this is super fun one. Chiefs twelve and one taking on the Saints, who are ten and three. Both these teams are already in the playoffs, but of course they're still seeding to consider. Potential? Maybe it sounds like it sounds like they're going to be uh, the Saints are going to be cautious with Breeze. So I think we're still going to see week five of the, the Taysom Hill experience. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Saints defense can bounce back. Obviously, it's a tough task against Mahomes and all the weapons the Chiefs have. I'm taking the Chiefs, but I think it's going to – or, yeah, the Chiefs, but that, this is going to be a fun one. I'm going to take the Saints. Um, after after losing to Philadelphia, Sean Payne is not going to let this go unwarranted. Uh, they're Chiefs, gonna come uh, back. Sorry, go ahead. They're going to come back with a vengeance. And this defense, I still think, is way more dangerous than people give it credit for. Yeah, for sure. And they're back at home where in the in the dome where they play better. Where there's no people. Right. No <laughs> no fans to throw stuff at them. And actually, does, does, was Philly allowing fans? Because that's a place where you get garbage thrown at you, probably. <laughs> or snowballs <laughs> if you're Santa. Sure. Uh, yeah, this would be a good. Speaking of statement wins, this would be a good one for Taysom Hill to stake his claim to the, the starting job, uh, even though he probably already has it. And given Sean Payton's comments, once Breeze hangs up the cleats, but still, this would be a good opportunity for him. Well, I think defense has been beatable. Like, I remember when you first brought up like that some of the team, like the locker room, was a little bit divisive because some people wanted Jameis Winston, but I think the team has rallied around Taysom Hill. Yeah, winning his first three starts probably helped with that. But I agree with you. I haven't heard anything like that since that first week uh, that he started. Um, and I don't know if we would have had the same experience with Jameis Winston. I don't know. I don't know. I wish we could uh, see that alternate timeline. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still a fan for some reason. Mr. 50-50 himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, moving into the primetime games on Sunday night. We've got the Browns at the Giants in a surprisingly exciting matchup. Uh, the Browns fell to 9-4 and four with that loss to the Ravens. And uh, like I said, they're just one game ahead of Baltimore now, so it's important for them to keep winning. Uh, Giants, similar thing with their loss. They are, they're a game behind Washington now in the NFC East. So both of these teams have a lot to play the, for. The, uh, I think this is where we see the Giants fall. I agree with you. Between the nice. Washington mm-hmm. victory and the Giants loss to the Browns coming up. Is that your way of saying you're picking the Browns? It is. <laughs> Me too. And then on Monday night, Steelers at Bengals. Uh, despite how... I mean, yeah, Steelers have looked bad the last few weeks, but they're not this bad. They're not losing this game to the Bengals. It's a great uh, bounce back uh, rebound game in this schedule for them. A moral game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take a brief stop on the fantasy corner. Woo! In FanDuel, I stayed alive. You're up eight to six. If you win one more game, the contest will be over. But uh, luckily, I got the win here thanks to Jonathan Taylor, largely. He had 29 points. Uh, although you started David Montgomery, which was genius move. He had 23. Thank you. I don't think you've ever said that before. <laughs> Nor will you That's ever. That's the holiday spirit. It's getting to me. But then, uh, yeah, in week 15, uh, for our FanDuel contest, just two of my the guys I did spend up a little more to get are Justin Herbert against the Raiders. That defense was already terrible. They fired their coordinator. I don't think that's going to make it better on a short week. <laughs> and uh, A.J. Brown, the Titans receiver, who has just been tearing it up. They're playing uh, Detroit, who I think they just sent Jeff Okuda to IR. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're dropping like flies and have nothing to play for. So I think A.J. Brown's going to have another monster game. And then the guys I, uh, the cheapest guys on my roster this week are Tim Patrick, who I think you mentioned for Denver, who's he's had a couple big games. He was only $5,700 on uh, FanDuel. And then Cam Akers, he couldn't help me in season long, but he's looking really good and like their primary back now. Maybe he can help me in uh, FanDuel. <laughs> he was sixty seven hundred. <laughs> I know. Now all of a sudden that uh, that that wasted uh, 
It's like Wasted a fifth round pick or something. I hate myself. <laughs> um, I don't have my team's really well balanced. It's averaging about seventy three hundred dollars a player. Um, my lowest is actually 5,500, and that's the tight end Evan Ingram, but uh, Corey Davis was only 6,800. Oh, yeah, he's been, he's been good. Um, and then actually Miami's defense was only $4,600 hmm. uh, going against New England. I spent. Oh, yeah, that's actually that's a good match. Newton's been a turnover machine. Um, I spent the most is in. Ryan Tannehill and Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I'm going up against Detroit and Houston's defenses. Um, and then, oh, Michael Thomas. I have Michael Thomas. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, good luck. Hopefully. I mean, I, just for the sake of entertainment, hopefully it comes down to week 17, right? That'd be the most fun. It's not going to. I'm sorry. We'll see. We'll see. I'm on a one-game winning streak, just like the Chargers. <laughs> and it's not even so much for the trophy or bragging rights. Like, if I can win this week and we could be literally done completely with fantasy, that means we get three weeks of football. That's We're true. That'd be, that would be enjoyable. That it's just like, chill back, have a beer, and watch <laughs> the chaos ensue. Yeah, and just watch and enjoy with no... No rooting interest besides uh, the Packers, I guess. And then, yeah, in terms of season long, we already mentioned it. Matt, you made the playoffs. I did not. Uh, but unfortunately, you got ousted in the first round. I got destroyed. Both of the both of the wild card matchups were brutal. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, you had to start Adrian Peterson, unfortunately, and Brandon Allen. I left like 40 points on my bench, too. Oh yeah, who who was it? I forget. Who did well? Um, let me let me grab that real quick. I'm buying time. I'm buying time. Yeah, our other wild card matchup was Kevin versus Nick, friend of the podcast, Nick, and and Kevin. Kevin's team went nuts on him too. I had Cole, he won that senior, game. I had Cole senior for Jacksonville that put up 16 points on my bench. I had Russell Gage who put up 16 points on my bench, and I had Oof. Nelson Aguilar who put up 18 and a half. Oh yeah. That's tough. So congrats to you for making the playoffs. By far your most successful season in our season-long league so far. Thank you. Good, Thank you. good work there. Uh, and then, yeah, for, uh, unfortunately for Nick, he also lost by a 40-point margin to Kevin, 146 to 106. So moving on to the second round, Kevin's going to take on the number one seed and also a friend of the podcast, Sorio. And the other matchup is going to be Peter versus Jeremy, both of whom were nine and four in the regular season. So that's another one. Just uh, watch the NFL games, sit back, relax, and watch the chaos. And you can also watch the fantasy matchups. I, I'm not even going to log into the app. <laughs> My roster's set. I know what I did. Playing for playing for pride now. I have my pride. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave while I still have pride. Good way to do it. And uh, yeah, that, that'll do it for the, the show this week. Woo-hoo. Thanks for tuning in as always, Matt. Thank you for joining me. Always, always. I love at, these at this, late nights with you. I was going to say at this ungodly hour. <laughs> my job's done. I just talk. I turn off my computer and I go to bed. This is where the fun begins to quote Anakin Skywalker. Why? Why? For me. <laughs> I don't know why. This because it's twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I wish everyone a good week fifteen. Yeah, Hope enjoy the games. Season. Those of you who are still alive in the postseason, keep it up. Those of you who are uh, out like us, enjoy. Yeah, those of you who are still alive, don't don't take our advice <laughs> when it comes to fantasy. That has not gone well for anybody. So. I don't know. I feel like I'm qualified to give FanDuel advice. Okay. I'll give you that one. And uh, perfect timing because uh, my son is waking up. So I'll go deal with that and then get to editing. You uh, enjoy your 
relative. I was going to say full night of sleep. It's not full, but because of this. A few hours. See everybody on the grid. Yep. Talk to you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.